You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you ready to change your life in the next 30 minutes? It's time for Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. Get your notebooks ready. He's about to go in. Five, four, three, two, one. Coach Mark, let's go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is Coach Mark, and you're listening to Power in a Half Hour. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to learn the tips, tricks, and techniques of who the rich and the super successful. Why? So we can apply these techniques to our lives and improve our lives and we can become the rich and the super successful. All right. So the quote that I'm going to start today's show with is things turn out best for people who make the best of the way things turn out. And that's an amazing quote from an amazing person. That's coach John Wooden, probably one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time. The title of today's show is called Pyramid of Success. That the Pyramid of Success. We're going to learn the keys of success all coming from coach John Wooden. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to remind you if you want to re-listen, all you have to do is go to www.powerhh.com. That's www.powerhh.com. If we're not friends on Facebook, my name on Facebook is Mark Starr. You could go to facebook.com slash the real Mark Starr. All right. And that's M-A-R-K-S-T-A-R-R. If you're not a part of our Power and a Half Hour Facebook group, just do a search for it and we will gladly allow you into our group. We would love to have you in there. All right. If you're on Instagram and Twitter, my name on Instagram and Twitter is at Coach Mark Speaks. Definitely go ahead and send me a request or add me so you can watch my daily videos. I'm dropping a lot of jewels every single day. I make a video every single day where I'm sharing some really great information. All right. And if you have not downloaded my book yet, you can download it for free at www.repeataftermebook.com. All right. Well, we got a lot of info to cover today. So are you guys ready? Profile number one. Now, this one is really special to me. This is a guy by the name of Quintez Thompson. And this is someone that I personally know that I personally met. Now, Quintez Thompson is a 26-year-old man from Birmingham, Alabama. Now, I met him maybe about a year, maybe a little bit over a year ago, sometime it was sometime last year at a men's meeting uh, when I was passing out some cards promoting my power and a half hour. I met him and his uncle Orlando, who has become a really good friend of mine. Now, Quintez was a truck driver. He decided that he wanted to come off the road and stop doing long haul jobs. So he started doing local driving jobs around the city. Quintez kept getting fired from local jobs because he had speeding tickets on his record. Now, when the companies would look at his record and they saw all those tickets, it was hard for him to even get any more new jobs. So in September, he got fired again from another job, and he said that he realized at that point in time that it wasn't just a black and white thing. He told me that before that, he was just saying that, you know what, the reason why he kept getting fired over and over again was because he was a young black man and... They just didn't want young black men driving for their organization. But at that point in time that he realized that it wasn't a black and white thing, it was just business. He was probably too expensive for them to carry on his insurance. He probably was a high risk and he began to take responsibility for his situation. He then reached out to his uncle Orlando 
and Orlando reminded him to reach out to me because I had met him a few months before and he had called me at the time that I had met him and also recommended to him that he read some really good books. So Quintez would call me <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you this was a this is a real good brother, but he would call me all the time asking me a million questions. So what I did was I referred him to a couple videos on YouTube. I would still answer some of his questions and I would refer him to a couple of videos on YouTube. I also gave him like two books to read on real estate because he told me that he had a really intense desire to get into real estate. So I told him to read. And for those of you guys that want to get into real estate, real estate, these are amazing books to read. One is called The Abandoned Property Investors Kit by a guy named Reggie Brooks. Someone put me onto that book maybe about, I don't know, about couple years ago. And when I came across that book, I was like, wow, I was blown away. It had all kinds of information in there that I wish I would have gotten a hold of when I got started in real estate. The other book that I recommended to him to read was a book called The People's Principles. And it's a guy named R. Donahue Peoples. He's actually the biggest black real estate developer in the United States. This guy started He started with absolutely no money, and on his first deal, he became a millionaire. Amazing book. It's called The People's Principles. This amazing, amazing, amazing story. I suggest to anybody, whether you want to get into real estate or not, to go ahead and to read this book. So anyway, he started reading those books as well as his uncle recommended to him Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, another phenomenal book for anyone that really wants to get into personal development and reading, and Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson. Now, he said that he researched wholesaling because he told me that he wanted to get into wholesaling. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar with real estate, wholesaling is essentially you have someone that has a property you put the property under contract so you, you essentially could get into real estate with absolutely no money. I get so many people that come to me all the time and say, man, I want to get into real estate, but I have to save up all this money. And they don't realize that you really don't have to save money to get into real estate. And one of the easiest ways to get into real estate is by doing what's called wholesaling. All you got to do is go on YouTube, type in wholesaling, and you can watch a million videos on wholesaling. So he came to me, I guess someone probably put him onto that and said, hey, I want to do wholesaling. So I've done a couple wholesale deals in, um, you know, in my six or seven years in real estate. So I told him to the best of my knowledge how it works and whatnot. And I directed him to some stuff on YouTube. So he started researching wholesaling from September to December. This is just last year now. This isn't years ago. This is just last September. He started researching. That's when I told him about the books. He read the books and he did his little research on YouTube. Now, at the beginning of December that he decided that he was going to step out on faith. Now, he really didn't have any other options at that point in time. He was keep getting fired from jobs. He said that he had absolutely no money at that time. So what he did was he called his mother up. And man, this part of the story is absolutely golden. He called his mother up. And he asked his mom, hey, mom, do you believe in me? And of course, his mom's going to say, yeah, I believe in you. So he said he asked her to lend him some money so he can go ahead and uh, start his real estate business. Now, at the time, his mom was trying to start another business. So she told him that he needs to focus on one thing, which was the business that he would that they were going to do together, a cleaning company. So. He instinctively knew that, you know what, that isn't for me. And I really need to go ahead and to do this real estate business. So he realized that he wasn't going to get any money from his mom. So he went to one of his uh, his best friend and he asked his best friend, hey, do you believe in me? 
So the best friend says, yeah, I believe in you. So he said, all right, well, I need you to lend me some money. So the best friend ends up saying, well, you know, and he said, for what? And he told him that he wanted to get some street signs, some bandit signs. So the best friend, he, he didn't even tell the best friend that he was doing it for real estate because he said that he knew that the best friend wouldn't understand what it was and probably wouldn't want to give him the money. So the best friend thought that he was getting some street signs for the cleaning, com- uh, the cleaning business that he was going to start with his mom. So the best friend went ahead and gave him $30. That's all this man used to start his business, $30. He said he went and got 30 I buy houses signs. Now, I know any of you that are in the United States have probably seen those signs all over the place that says, I buy houses. That's generally a wholesaler that put those signs out there. So this man went and put out 30 signs, right? He went and bought 30 signs with $30 and put these signs out. He did not even have a car at the time. This brother did not even have a car at the time. So he was begging um, rides from friends. Friends would take him around to put the signs out. He put them in high traffic places, right? And um, he would ask for rides again when people would call him because he said that his phone were blowing up and and he would go out to look at some of these houses that people were trying to sell to him. So he went and he ended up getting someone calling him for a house, uh, they wanted to, to, he went, took a look at the house. They wanted $40,000 for the house. He used absolutely no money to get the house under contract. And within three weeks, he sold the house. He found a buyer for the house and sold the house for $46,000. Someone was going to buy the house for $46,000 and play all the closing costs. So this man in three weeks made $6,000 off of his first deal. He closed it on December 18th. Then he closed his second deal and made $3,000 on January 28th. So within two months, this man made a guy that had absolutely no money, had to borrow $30 to buy his signs, $30 to buy his signs within two months made almost $10,000, not a little bit over $9,000. Now he told me that in February and March, he had a couple deals that didn't go through, but you know what? He, he remembered my, because he, he's a caller and he listens to these calls. He might even be on the call tonight, right? And he told me that he listened to the calls and he decided that he was going to go ahead and stay faithful. He wasn't going to quit. He knew he had to be consistent and persistent and he stayed with it. And just last week, he closed another deal and made $1,400. And he told me that he has about $10,000 worth of deals lined up for next month. Now, one of the things that he told me that he said really changed his life, not only reading those books and deciding to to just personally get better, just become a better person and reading and taking in as much information, all the same stuff that we talk about every single week on this call. He said that he surround he realized that he had to get around, get from around his all his old friends that weren't going anywhere and he had to get around the right people. So he built a network of people that were into the same thing as him. So a lot of the deals that he has lined up are with other people that are doing the same thing as him other connections networks that he's made with other people and whatnot all right and he told me and this is the final thing that he told me when i talked to him the last time that same business that his mom was trying to get him to do with her and she was trying to dissuade him from doing the real estate she hasn't even started yet he was saying procrastination procrastination so I just had to share that story because that's an absolutely amazing story. A young brother that calls in and listens every single week to this um, uh, or uh, most weeks to this show 
took the same teachings, the same stuff that we talk about every single week and applied it to his life and has been able to create success in his life. Profile number two, Eric Kamani. Now, Eric and his family was living in an agricultural town about an hour from Nairobi, Kenya, where they had some dairy cows. They had to commute daily to Nairobi for work, so they decided that they would transport milk in the trunk of his company car to sell in Nairobi. Now, they sold their milk like this for three years until they started buying milk from other farmers. Now, in the mornings before they would leave for work, they would pack up all the milk into small cans in their garage. Then in 1996, Eric and his wife set up a microbrewery, a micro dairy processing company called Palm House Dairies and expanded their product portfolio to include pasteurized fresh milk, yogurts and cultured products in anticipation of a change in consumer taste now eric said that about 15 years ago if you gave a kenyan yogurt most of them would throw up but if you look ahead you could see that one day kenyans would have the income and taste to enjoy yogurt now at that time if you asked anyone to buy processed milk they would tell you i can drink it straight from the cow why do i need to buy processed milk But Eric says that looking into the future and trying to predict it is important. This man was a visionary. At at, at that point in time, there was probably no market for what he was doing. But he realized that, you know what, it's not going to stay the same. This man was a visionary, and that's how we have to be. We have to become visionaries. Don't set your business uh, up based off of what's going on right now. Start looking into the future and trying to figure out how people's tastes are going to change, right? What people are going to be into into the future. If you set your business up based on what people want right now, their, t- their, their desires and their needs are going to change. So anyway, Eric said that looking into the future and trying to predict it is important. For us seeing that Kenyan cooperative creameries that's the state-owned monopoly was struggling to meet demand and that there would be shortages so supplying this market was a huge opportunity that they were able to capitalize on now while running his dairy business eric continued working his corporate job eight years ago at age 40 eric eventually retired from his last position as ceo of a tire company now for the last eight years eric has focused on manages managing his different businesses which also include real estate and a primary school philanthropy and motivational speaking In 2011, he also wrote a book called Wisdom for Abundant Living. Now, although Eric has just acquired new machinery to grow his dairy business, his focus is not to become Kenya's biggest dairy player. He says that he would like to make more money with the same effort and the same infrastructure. He's fortunate to spend 50% of his time making money and the the other 50% of his time in philanthropy. And he said that he's happy with the balance and doesn't want to interrupt that balance. This man became a millionaire, a multimillionaire selling milk while he had a regular nine to five job there's so many people i talk to every single week that have a nine to five job and think that they they can't do anything you can this man is a perfect example he's not even in america he's in nairobi kenya and figured out how to become a millionaire with a full-time job now profile number three joy mangano Now, Joey Mangano is an American inventor and entrepreneur. 
Joy is the president of Ingenious Designs, LLC, and appears regularly on the Home Shopping Network channel. Joy began inventing at an early age when, as a teenager, she developed a fluorescent flea collar while working at an animal hospital. Her idea was designed to help keep animals safe at night and would eventually be released the following year. Now, after she graduated from Pace University in 1978, she held a variety of jobs, including being a waitress, an airline reservations manager, all while raising her three children as a divorced mother. Now, being a mother of three kids, Joy spent a lot of time cleaning up after her kids and got inspired to develop a product that would make life easier for her. She spent a couple of years developing a product that would help take some of the work out of the mopping process. She called this product the Miracle Mop. Now, in 1990, Joy created a prototype and had 100 of them made. Now, the process of getting the prototype made cost her $100,000, in which she borrowed and saved up some of the money, to the initial money to get her started. The first year, Joy was able to s- sell a few thousand mops by doing a little advertising and s- selling some of them street- on the streets from business to business. Joy would also have her children helping her fulfill orders. Now, although her product was starting to get a foothold in the market, it still needed something big to get it to the next level. That next year in 1992, Joy pitched her Miracle Mop to QVC executives. The product hit the air, but without Joy. So Joy suggested to the QVC executives to allow her to appear with the product and the product would move much better. Now, on her first appearance on QVC, the Miracle Mop sold out. She sold 18,000 mops in less than a half hour. Now, soon after that initial success, Joy began spending 120 hours a year on the air. She now appears regularly on Home Shopping Network, and it's considered to be the Home Shopping Network's most successful seller with annual sales of more than $150 million. Her hourly sales regularly top $1 million. This lady can sell $1 million worth of product in an hour. That is absolutely amazing. She has built a $3 billion empire, including products such as the Huggable Hangers, which was HSN's best-selling product as of 2010, with more than $300 million sold by that time. This product was also endorsed by Oprah. The Forever Fragrant, which is a line of home odor neutralizers. This product broke a HSN record on January 31st, 2010 by selling 180,000 units in one day. The Performance Platforms, which are shoes with a rubber platform that with a rubber platform heel that allows the wearer to have extra weight. In May 2010, Joy sold 30,000 pairs in three hours on HSN. The Shade Readers, which are a line of reading glasses sold in sets of three or more so that they can be kept around the home and office for easy access. Joy has sold more than a million pair of these Shade Readers. Joy has also partnered with several celebrities, including tennis star Serena Williams, Rosie O'Donnell, and supermodel Iman. In 2015, a character based on Joy is portrayed by Jennifer Lawrence in the film Joy. It was released on Christmas Day in 2015 and nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actress. Here it is. This lady developed none of these products. Come on now. All of these products, any one of us could design. 
any one of us could have invented um, these products. We're not talking about the iPhone or something crazy like that. Platform shoes with an extra rubber sole. Any one of us could have designed these, 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 these inventions, these products. This lady has built a $3 billion empire just off of creating products, just products that anyone could have designed. But she had the will. She had the guts to go ahead and to put them out there and to be consistent and work hard at it. That's all it takes to be successful. Now, about a year ago, we talked about John Wooden, who is known as the greatest college basketball coach of all time. Many consider Coach Wooden to be the greatest coach in sports of all time. Not only was Coach Wooden a great coach, but he was also a great player before he began coaching. Coach Wooden was the first to be named a basketball All-American three times. He was named to the Basketball Hall of Fame as a player in 1960 and as a coach in 1973. He was the first person to be inducted as a player and a coach. Now, Coach Wooden started his coaching career with high school basketball for 11 years. In 1942, during World War II, he joined the U.S. Navy and served for three years and left the service as a lieutenant. Now, after World War II, Coach Wooden coached at Indiana State University. In 1947, his basketball team won the Indiana Intercollegiate Conference title and received an invitation to the National Association of Intercollegiate Basketball's National Tournament. Now, Coach Wooden refused the invitation because of their policy banning African-American players. He said he wasn't going to go because he, one of his players was an African-American man named Clarence Walker from East Chicago, Indiana. Now, the following year, his team made it to the conference title, and the NAIB reversed its policy, now allowing African-American players to play. So in 1948, Coach Wooden left Indiana to coach at UCLA. Now, prior to him coming to UCLA, they only had two conference championship seasons in 18 years. Coach Wooden would go on to win 10, 10, 10 national NCAA championships in the course of 12 years. That is, that is, that is beyond remarkable. I don't think that has ever been done before. No coach has ever won 10 championships in 12 years, not at that level of playing. Now, Coach Wooden said that success is peace of mind, which is a direct result of self-satisfaction in knowing you made the effort to become the best you are capable of becoming. Now, this is the definition that Coach Wooden used for a short while, but he soon realized that this wasn't enough. He realized that he needed something more concrete. Coach Wooden spent the next 14 years identifying 15 behaviors that he believed were necessary to achieve his idea of success. Coach Wooden developed his pyramid of success. Now, at the base of Coach Wooden's pyramid is industriousness, Now, which means hard work, very hard work. There is no substitute for hard work when it comes to success. Coach Wooden says that he has not known heard of or read about any individual anywhere who achieved real success without working extremely hard. In fact, the great successes we all know about are individuals who almost always have greatly overworked their competition. And we see that time after time after time in examples like Kobe Bryant working harder than everybody, working harder than everybody, Michael Jordan working harder than everybody. And that's why those guys achieved the level of success that they did. Number two, the second cornerstone of the pyramid of success is enthusiasm. 
Enthusiasm as well as industriousness provide strength individually but provide more strength when combined as one. Hard work is important but not enough. It must be ignited, lit a fire by something that will raise it to the extraordinary level required for success. Your heart must be in your work. Your energy and enthusiasm stimulates those you work with. It's the ingredient that transform industriousness into something of great magnitude the engine that powers all blocks of the pyramid now the three other behaviors on the foundation of the pyramid are number three friendship now the two qualities of friendship that are very important are respect and camaraderie these two qualities actually pertain to leadership how much more will others give when asked to do something by someone they respect and with whom they have camaraderie with Where friendship exists, you will find the makings of an awesome organization. Number four, the next is loyalty. Coach Wooden says that a leader who has loyalty is the leader whose team most will want to be a part of. Most people wish to be with an organization or team whose leadership cares about them, provides fairness and respect, dignity and consideration. And the last behavior on the base is cooperation, which is the sharing of ideas, information, responsibilities, creativity and tasks, which is a priority of good leadership and great teams. A strong, confident leader gives credit to others when deserved and takes blame and a week later weak leader takes credit and gives blame let me repeat that a strong confident leader gives credit to others when deserved and takes the blame and a weak leader takes all the credit and gives the blame now on the second row of the pyramid is self-control self-control is essential in getting to the top and staying there Self-control is being able to control yourself in all areas, avoiding temptations, avoiding emotionalism, avoiding peaks and valleys of efforts. That means consistent effort. Number seven, the next trait on the second row is alertness. Now, alertness is that asset that keeps you awake and perceptive and increases skill. Now, there's activity going on around us at all times from which we can achieve knowledge and acquire knowledge if we have alertness. To, uh, too often we get tunnel vision and don't see the full picture, which prevents us from learning things that are available. Now, the next trait is initiative. Initiative is the ability to act. Failure to act is often the biggest failure of all. Listen, failure happens. None of us is perfect, but you must train yourself not to fear failure. Fear instead in action when it is time to act. Determination or intentness is the ability, this is the next behavior, is the ability to stay the course even when that course is most difficult and the obstacles obstacles seem insurmountable. You do not quit. This is intentness. You have to be persistent. You have to be determined. You have to be tenacious and you have to be unrelenting. The road to achievement is rocky, hard, and long. Now, the next trait is condition. Not only should you have physical condition, but you must have mental and moral condition. You must have all three because you can't have one without the others. Weak mental or moral condition prevents top physical condition. 
Number 11, at the very center of the pyramid is skill. You have to know your stuff, and that includes a mastery of details. Now, whether you're an athlete, a doctor, or a CEO, you have to be able to execute properly and quickly, and that requires skill. Now, mastery of the skills you need and all that you do requires learning, and it's why leaders and those who are high achievers are life long learners skill is an ongoing and lifelong process right the next block on the pyramid is selflessness or team spirit this is the opposite of selfishness people that are selfless are eager to sacrifice personal glory or gain for the greater good the welfare and success of your organization your team or your group now the next block on the pyramid is confidence and confidence is simply belief in yourself it is the knowledge that your preparation is fully complete and that you are ready for competition confidence cannot be built on anything artificial true abiding confidence is earned through tenaciously pursuing and attaining those assets that allow you to reach your own level of excellence the next building block of success is poise Poise means holding fast to your principles and beliefs and acting in accordance with them regardless of how bad or good the situation may be. Know who you are and be true to yourself. Those with poise have a brave heart in all circumstances. And finally, at the top of the pyramid is competitive greatness. Competitive greatness is having a real love for the battle, knowing it offers the opportunity to be at your best when your best is required. Great competitors share a joy in the struggle itself, the journey, the contest, and the competition. The tougher the battle, the better. All right, all right, all right. Well, that's all the info that we have for today's show. We had some really, really, really great tips and strategies from Coach John Wood, and I hope you guys listen and apply these to your lives. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. You'll see some massive change. want to remind you, if you want to go back and re-listen, All right, all you got to do is go to www.powerhh.com. That's www.powerhh.com. Now, I know you have three friends that should have heard this message. Please share this with them. Do yourself and your friends a favor and share this with them, all right? Don't hoard all the great information for yourself, all right? Don't forget, follow me on Facebook, Mark Starr, M-A-R-K-S-T-A-R-R, and Instagram and Twitter, at Coach Mark Speaks, and... The quote that we're going to end today's show with is, it's what you learn after you know it all that counts. Let me repeat that because this quote is like really serious. It's what you learn after you know it all that counts. And that's another quote from John Wooden. Thank you much. And until next show. Thanks for listening to Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. To listen or re-listen, go to powerinahalfhour.com. Follow Coach Mark on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Mark Speaks. Find Coach Mark on Facebook by searching for Mark Starr. Like our Facebook fan page, Power in a Half Hour, and join our Power in a Half Hour Facebook group. See you next week. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network.